You're listening to the newest trend in conservative Christian radio. All right, do you think most people in this country are satisfied or unsatisfied with their life? I feel like a lot of people are unsatisfied with their life. Why is that? Uh, because we're always trying to chase something, and we're never done chasing something, and therefore, if we're never done chasing something, we're never satisfied. Welcome to Questions for Chicago with your host, Sean Duncan. Are you chasing after something? Are you satisfied with your life? That's what we're going to talk about. We're going to dive right in right here on the show. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to Chicago, Illinois. Welcome to Questions for Chicago. I'm your host from the suburbs, Sean Duncan. Okay, we got to talk about one thing first. The weather here is just absolutely ridiculous, right? I mean, now that I'm recording this, the day I'm recording this, it's actually getting a little bit warmer, but Sunday was just ridiculous. I mean, it snowed like it was a blizzard, okay? It was so crazy, and it's the middle of April. Uh, I don't know why this is happening. Maybe God's judging the city of Chicago. I don't know, but uh, we had some snow. It was pretty cold. It wasn't terrible, but it wasn't like negative, you know, 13, but it was, it was bad. It was, it was so cold. I saw an Amish guy buying an electric blanket. That's how cold it was. Okay. You know what? I'm not a comedian. We're not even going to get into that. I have a few more written down. Um, okay. One more. Uh, it's so cold. Chickens are flocking to KFC to be pressure cooked. Okay. These are terrible. These are terrible. I'm not going to bother you with these. These are awful. Anyway, <laughs> Is it really that cold? It's it was it was kind of ridiculous when it snowed, but it it is warming up. Spring is here, thank goodness. Now, what are we talking about today? We're talking about whether or not people are satisfied with their life and if they think that society owes them something. What do you think? Do you think society owes you health care, a job, money, or or do you deserve nothing? It's a good question. Think about that. We went to downtown Chicago, as we always do, when we asked random people what they thought about those questions and many others, of course, and we've gotten some fascinating responses, needless to say. We also talk with every person we meet about the free gift that they've been offered, and the same gift is offered to you as well. We will talk about that in a little bit, of course, but right now, uh, we're going to get to our interviews, and uh, they're really great to listen to. Right before that, we're going to talk about our email, cuesforshy at gmail.com. If you disagree with us or agree with us, we love to hear your perspective. Don't be shy. Email us at cuesforshy at gmail.com. Also, check out the pre-show. This one was good. If you don't know what the pre-show is, we do a fun little segment before the actual podcast. And of course, we don't just record the audio we record the video as well, and it's really, really fun. Uh, this time, we interviewed Sam Sampson. He's a missionary to the Philippines. He's a friend. He's actually a family member, and it was fun to talk to him about his experiences for a little bit before we started the monologue of this show, which is what you're hearing right now. So go to YouTube or Facebook, look up the questions for Chicago pre-show, and you will not be disappointed. Now, why are we talking about what we deserve from society? Well, we have a generation growing up now. I think it's pretty obvious a generation that's growing up believing that the world owes them something, that they deserve to have what other people have. These are fundamental in socialist ideas that everyone gets stuff guaranteed to them. But what is the principle behind that? Does the government really owe us things? 
or is their purpose something else entirely? That's what I was curious to ask people downtown. Now, we're going to get to our first interview, but I, I got to tell you this story. This is funny. Um, this blew my mind, really. For the first time on this show, someone came up to me in Millennium Park. I'm not even kidding. Someone came up with a microphone and wanted, wanted to ask me a question, and they had no clue that that was the reason that I was downtown, to ask people questions. Uh, my tech producer, he was there. He saw this lady getting out a recorder just like mine. And he's like, hey, man, she's about to do exactly what you do. I was like, no, no, she's probably going to record some ambient noise. I mean, no other fool goes to downtown to ask people questions. But sure enough, she goes right up to Sam and asks him a question. And then she comes up to me and she asked me a question. And she asks me, what made me angry today? And it was a funny, it was a good question. And I thought about it. And I was like, well, I guess I was angry that I had to clean the closet today or something like that. And uh, she was doing it for a project. We'll get more into that as we play the interview. But that was a first. No one else has come up to me with a question. So to her surprise, I get on my microphone that has questions for Chicago on it. And I start asking her my questions. So really, really fun. Uh, we're going to hear this interview with this lady right now. I want to ask you all, I won't take your name, but like what, what project are you doing? Because I've never had someone come up to me with a microphone. Yeah, so I'm uh, a master's student and I'm working on just an audio project for a podcasting class where I have to ask 50 people the same question. Okay, interesting. Nice. I, I, I do an actual podcast and I just ask, I just try to ask three people, well, more like 10 questions. But, uh, but yeah, that's really, I've never, it's never happened, but that's cool. <laughs> all right, sure. What's your favorite color? Purple. Okay. Why don't you sit down with me? And then uh, where's the best place to eat in Chicago? Oh, boy. I haven't been here that long. Uh, That's fine. Yeah. Where, have you eaten anywhere here? Yeah. Um, it's probably a stereotypical answer, but I did like Luminati's when I was oh. there. Yeah. Everyone said, and that's great. Luminati's is great. That's where I had my rehearsal dinner. Nice. <laughs> uh, sure. That's great. I'm asking you a few more thought-provoking ones. I won't take your name. Okay. You just tell me what you think, okay? Do you think most people in this country are satisfied or unsatisfied with their life? I'd say unsatisfied. Okay, why is that? Why, is, why are they unsatisfied? I think there's just this overwhelming pressure to be like measured against everyone else, which is just kind of unattainable for people to be completely happy with. Okay, it's kind of, so our society kind of promotes this, this discontent? Yeah, there's kind of just like this um, overwhelming like need to compete with one another and be on the same level. And when that like realistically doesn't happen, I think people just get really bitter by that. And it's kind of only um, exacerbated by like seeing what everyone's doing all the time on social media. Yeah, sure, absolutely. For those who are unsatisfied, what, what do you think is the one thing that most people want that they're lacking, that they're chasing after? I think just wanting to feel that I feel like people want to be unique, but at the same time, they want to be, like, the same as everyone else, which sounds very cliche, but, like, they see one person doing something, and they kind of want to mirror that, but then, like, doing it in their own way so that they're recognized for it and no one else is. Okay, I got you. So recognition, maybe? Yeah, definitely. I would say recognition is a big uh, element of it. Okay. Do you think most people get what they deserve from society? No. <laughs> um, I think it very much depends on who you are, where you come from, and that kind of um, predetermines what kind of advantages you're going to have. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. What, what do you think um, all people deserve from society? Or even what do you deserve from society? 
I mean, I don't know about me, but I think just in general, people deserve an equal shot, which just isn't the case no matter where you look. Um, and they just deserve to have the same opportunities as everyone. Okay, how, do, how do we get people to have the same opportunity, the same shot? What's the solution to that? realizing that not everyone has the same shot from the very beginning I think I think there's still a lot of people who don't recognize that not everyone starts on an equal playing field um, and that's kind of the first step in getting that um, sure. achieved so so who who can fix is, is it something that I should do that our community should do is it something the government should do like what what is the solution I would say all of the above I think it starts with like just on the ground level kind of like all of us well Actually, I don't know if that's necessarily true. I don't like. I think it's important that people on the ground are trying to achieve this, but that'll only go so far if the highest level of power isn't willing to listen to it. Um, yeah. What What specifically do you think our government could do to give people an equal opportunity? Just not disregard the voices that they don't identify with. I think that's a big one. I think. Um, How are they disregarding it? You think? Um, I'm trying to think of the right word, just not taking, whether it's like on the like lesser level of not taking it seriously or on the higher level of mocking it, I think that's kind of a big issue. Um, mocking someone else's ideas? Yeah, or their identity. Okay, sounds good. And then what do you think? So let's stop there for a second and just talk about equal opportunity. And she said something very interesting, and this was a, a very great person to talk to, a great interview. Uh, but she said that everyone deserves the same opportunities as everyone else. And I was really pressing her to get more specific as to, as to what that meant. Because as you think about it, not everyone can have the same opportunities as everyone else. So think about your own life. Think about all the factors that contributed to the opportunities that you received in your life. And there's many, okay? It depends on not just where you came from or who you are. It depends on your parents. It depends on how much they made. It depends on what their priorities were. It depends on what your priorities were, how much you made in high school, in college, after college, whether you went to college, where you grew up, where you went to school, what your desires were, how your desires changed. There's so many things that contribute, even your extended family, cousins, siblings that wanted to help you. All of that factors into all the opportunities you can have. And I really wanted her to get specific. We didn't quite get there, but it's hard to imagine a world where everyone is afforded the same opportunities in every single situation. It's just impossible. And to get even close to something like that would involve force, forcing everyone into the same situation so that everyone has the same opportunity. I don't think that's a country that anyone wants to live in, where your opportunities, your situation are forced on you rather than them coming naturally, coming organically, and the responsibility of your parents, the responsibility of your family to help you, and the responsibility of yourself to give you opportunities. I think that is a much better society than the government or society having the full responsibility of giving you every single opportunity that is available. I think that's kind of a pipe dream. I understood what she was saying. Of course, there is inequality. There are situations that are unfair. But I think the narrative that she believed, I think it was a little bit far-fetched. Still a good interview, though think most people need the most in life what do, what do we need the most what's that one thing that that everyone should have that we need um i feel like i've been giving you a lot of cliche answers but like i think support is a big one um and it's kind of like a very basic one but just support from anywhere you look it doesn't have to be like um 
I don't know, romantic support or something like that, but just like even support of like friends around you and just, yeah, even your government supporting you too is important. Speaking of government, what does the government owe us? What do you think they owe us? Mm. I think protection is at the most basic level. Um, I think if you're only protecting some of the people, you're not serving all of the people. Do you think the government's doing that? I think so, yeah. Who, Who are they protecting and not protecting? They are protecting the people who are, I would say, the most socioeconomically advantaged in the country, at least this current administration is. Um, How's that? What do you mean, sorry? I was just speci- and you can you can be as blunt as you want. I promise I won't be offended. But how how do you think the government is supporting some people and not others? I just think that you know you look at the current administration, you know that there's kind of like that. Um, I guess love for the 1% that they have. So anyone who falls outside of that just really isn't on their radar. And I, and to be honest, I think that could be true to any, not in the same ways, but you can look at any um, party, any leadership, and there's always like a little bit of like favorites. But in what way, like what specifically, like what laws or what are they doing that specifically favoring like the 1% you were saying? Yeah. Um, I guess I can't really speak to specific lies, but in terms of like people that they're ostracizing, I would say when it comes to like, um, like these different laws that are being talked about with abortion now, or like the laws that, um, are trying to ban trans people from the military, like these kind of different groups that don't fit within what, uh, the current administration views as their, um, their target group really I guess in essence like they're just um, kind of pushing the peripheral or completely disregarded as unimportant okay. alright All right. another interesting thought there and I would to that I would say this is that yes of course there are laws that this administration the Trump administration is not going to be for here's the point I don't necessarily think that if I disagree with, say, an abortion law, that that means I'm trying to ostracize certain people or I'm only trying to appeal to a target group so I don't like that law. I can disagree with a law because I don't like the ideology and I think it is immoral. Uh, Of course, with abortion, I'm not ashamed to say that it's not because I hate women or I don't want to give women the opportunity to have the freedom to decide what's good or bad for them in this country. What I'm saying is that the fetus inside the womb is a human life that has human rights. And that is why I would disagree with certain abortion laws, not because I'm trying to ostracize anyone or because I'm only trying to favor a certain group of people. So just because two people disagree on a law does not mean that they oppose each other and that's the only reason, or they're trying to ostracize each other and that's the only reason. I think that there is a tendency for certain people to say, well, they disagree with this law, so they must be attacking me personally. I don't think that's the case all the time. And I think in every situation, you ought to analyze it fairly and see, well, hey, maybe this person disagrees with the idea, not just attacking me personally. What What do you think we, we speaking about the government, what they owe us, what do we owe the government? I think we can't just like, throw in our hats and be like, you know, all, um, like, like government is just completely flawed. Like, I mean, there's definitely flaws within the government, so I can't say that's not true, but like, there are a lot of people who are just completely willing to write it off and not do anything to try to fix it. And I don't think that's right. I don't think the people who say, 
oh, well, you know what, I'm not going to vote. Everyone's corrupt. They're all out for their own thing. I don't think that's right either. I don't think that's going to solve anything. Um, so I think we just kind of owe it to government to try to fix it rather than write it off completely. Sure, sure. Take part. I get it. What ultimately is, you said protection. What ultimately is the government's first responsibility? You think it's protection? Yeah, I would say so. Okay, and then what, what is our first responsibility as citizens? To make sure that they're doing the most that they can to protect us. So when we see that groups are being marginalized or just outright discriminated against, we do something to hold them accountable. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. And then uh, would you like to know what I think uh, we all is available to all of us equally? What, we, what I think we can obtain. You want to hear about that? Sure. sure. Well, okay. So I said it kind of poorly right there, but I was asking her, would you like to know? What gift is offered to all of us that is free, kind of in the same terms of what do we uh, get from society or what do we get uh, just by being who we are? Well, this is a free gift that is offered to anybody, no matter who they are. And of course, if you've listened to the show before, I'm talking about salvation. That was my segue into giving her the gospel. And basically what I share with every single person that I interview is how they can know for sure they're going to heaven. And uh, I won't go into all of it right now. Stay tuned. If you're not sure, stay tuned. Listen to the whole show. You will have your answer by the end. But I explained this one thing to her along with the whole gospel is that salvation is not based on works. It's simply based on what has already been done for you. This lady was of a Catholic background. And you might say, oh, Catholics, they don't believe the truth. They they can't be saved. Well, no, it, it doesn't necessarily depend on your religious background. It doesn't necessarily depend on what church you go to as to whether you are saved or not. Salvation is totally contingent upon the faith you have put in what Jesus Christ has done for you already. Jesus Christ paid for your sins on the cross. Believing in that is the only contingency. There is no denomination that you need to be a part of. There is no baptism required. It is simply that faith. The Bible says that when you have faith in Christ, you have eternal life. It's very clear in 1 John 5.13. We'll talk more about that in a little bit. I told that to this person who had a Catholic background, and she said she believed. Now, this is one of those where I'm not sure if she believed for the first time right then and there, but she said she believed, and I was happy to hear that, and I don't need to take credit for it. It was just great to hear that she believed that Jesus Christ paid for her sins. We're going to talk more about the gospel in just a little bit, but of course, we're also talking about society, what we deserve, are we satisfied, and we're going to go on to our next interviewee. And uh, this person, uh, I try to give nicknames to every person I interview because I don't take their name uh, for privacy reasons. And this person, uh, nothing really uh, stood out except that I think he was wearing a blue shirt. And I'm not even sure about that. So we're going to call him blue shirt guy anyway, and see what blue shirt guy had to say about all these different fun topics. What's your favorite color? Red. Red. Okay. And uh, where's the best place to eat in Chicago? Ooh. I hear... I... It depends on what you want. I... If you want fine dining, I would go with Alinea. Um, but if you want good street food... Um, I forgot the name of the place I went to last night. It was uh, Burritos, I think it was called. Where's that first place you said? Alinea? Alinea, yeah. Where, where is that? Uh, it's a good question. I don't exactly know. I had reservations for it tomorrow. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. I saw it on uh, 
on Chef's Table on Netflix, and it looked like quite the experience. So one of the first things I did when I booked this trip was like get reservations. Okay, so 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 you're not from here? No, I'm from New York actually. Nice. Okay, I'm gonna ask you a few more. Um, they're a little more thought provoking, but I won't be offended by what you say. You just tell me what you think. All right, here we go. Let me get out my notes. All right, do you think most people in this country are satisfied or unsatisfied with their life? I feel like a lot of people are unsatisfied with their life. Why is that? Uh, because we're always trying to chase something, and we're never done chasing something. And therefore, if we're never done chasing something, we're never satisfied. Okay, fair enough. For those who are unsatisfied, do you, what do you think most of those people want? That's a very good question. Um, honestly, people just want to feel genuinely satisfied with their life. Uh, when they look back and at their accomplishments and stuff like that, they want to feel... If, if you had to pick one thing, what do most people want? What are they chasing after? Hmm. I would say happiness. Um, More specifically. Yeah, I would say, like, in my perspective, I would like me to be satisfied with living out the American dream you know having a family a job you know a nice home you know and a nice little cul-de-sac or something like that like the American dream and that to me is my dream that's what I would be happy and satisfied sure great answer uh what do you think most people get what they deserve from society no no not really no, yeah, you think? I, I think a lot of I think there's a lot of prejudice and a lot of uh, corruption that happens, and usually, you know, there's a lot of victims to that, and it's quite sad, honestly. Sure. Okay. Great. Um, what do specifically? What do you think people do deserve from society? To be able to pursue happiness, their pursuit of happiness, pretty much. Yeah. Okay. And you think? I think everyone deserves that, at least. Do you, and you think that's being taken away? Uh, slowly, yes. Okay. In what what form? How's it being taken away? Um, it's like I, like simple as freedom of speech. We're being judged all the time by at least by what we say, and I think that should be, you know, that's pretty much the basis of our nation, basis of the world. We should be able to speak our opinions, and 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 that's being taken away slowly. Any specific examples? Uh, none that I can think of right now. Um, yeah, none I can think of right now. <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, let's talk about free speech for a little bit. And I understood what this guy was talking about. And of course, there are times, even in this country, when, when it seems like uh, our freedom of speech is being threatened. But the idea of free speech, sometimes it's interpreted in many different interesting ways. And so this guy was talking about saying things and being judged for them, being judged for what you say. And of course, freedom of speech does not mean that whatever you say, there will be zero consequences. Of course, you know, the words that you say, they can damage relationships. They can damage your reputation. Whatever you say, you have to think about that. Uh, we don't, we are never going to live in a society where you can say anything that you want and nothing bad will happen. You will have no consequences. The idea of free speech is, is this. It's a principle that supports the idea that an, an individual or a, a community can articulate their opinions and ideas without fear of retaliation, censorship, or legal sanction. And so it's not the idea that nothing bad will happen if you say whatever you like. 
It's those things. You don't have to worry about the government retaliating against you or persecuting you or prosecuting you for what you have said, even if you disagree with them. You don't have to fear that. But it's not the idea that you can say whatever you feel like and, hey, no one's going to bother you for it. You can be bothered for what you say. And so not sure what he meant. Uh, He didn't really go into specifics, and I I don't want to accuse him of saying something he didn't say. But I did want to clear up the free speech thing because that that has been interpreted in many different interesting ways. What do you think uh, people need the most? What do people need the most in life? Hmm. I think people need, honestly, other people in life to share, to, to, yeah, to share. Um, whether it's thoughts, feelings, emotions, you know, everything like that. They, we need other people in order to survive. In this world. Sure, that great I think that's a really good answer. We do need our relationships. They are important. Of course, the most important relationship being the relationship we have with our Heavenly Father. And uh, of course, that is the way God made our world, that we do need other people. We cannot live without those special relationships. Of course, relationships can be broken. Of course, relationships, uh, they do cause heartache and pain sometimes, but we do need them in this life. They are very helpful. They are very healthy for us. Answer. Uh, what does the government, you think, owe us? What does the government owe us? Protection. I think, yeah. I think the government should be there to pr- uh, protect and support. What else? What else do you think they owe us? I think, no, I, I, I don't know. I, I, To be honest, I think government should be there to support, to unify, and to protect. How would they support? What form of support? Um, supporting our ideals, our like our like businesses and uh, our dreams, you know. It's, you know, I, I wouldn't say you know they should specifically target people. And be like, oh, you know, we're here to support you specifically, you know. But like as a whole, they should be able to help us through society. That's that's well said. How would the government like maybe support your dream? Uh, what would you want that to be? Uh, it's tough. That's tough to say. Just don't get in my way. <laughs> don't get in your way. Yeah, don't get in my way. It's you know I'm, I. You know, try to move myself up in the world, and and hopefully they don't stop that. What do you think we owe the government, if anything? Hmm, that's a good question. Uh, what do we owe the government? We owe them, I guess, just ourselves in a sense of, you know, being unified as a people to support. You know, it, it governments and the people is a two-way road. It's not like, you know, government owes us something or we owe something to the government. It's a two-way road. You know, it's kind of like a relationship. You know, it's, you give and you take always. Well, I'll put it like this. What ultimately do you think is the government's first responsibility? To protect. To protect. Okay. And then what do you think is our first responsibility as citizens? To serve. To serve, serve exactly how? To serve our nation in the way it needs, in a, well, in a, well, I I would say in a uh, reasonable way, you know, like to support, yeah, I I think that's the way I want to put that. That makes sense to me. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, I don't know why it didn't make sense. Sure. What would you like to know, uh, what I think you can get, everyone can get here in society for free, and that's available to everyone? Do you want to hear that? Yeah. Okay, sure. And of course, what we talked about was 
salvation and talking about the free gift that is offered to all of us. And this man was already a believer. And that was a good thing to hear. And it's a good thing to talk about that as well, uh, to give the gospel and then find out that they are already saved. That's also a cool experience as well. Now let's talk about uh, another thing. We talked about what is the government's first responsibility. And so far, we've kind of gotten the the idea of protection. The government's first priority is protection. I think that's a fairly good answer. If we look to the Bible, what does the Bible say? God has ordained government to be a terror to the evil. That's what the Apostle Paul said, that government is supposed to be a terror to the evil, not a terror to the good. That is how God has set up government on this earth, and that makes total sense. And of course, that's why we have a police force. That's why we have a military. And of course, that's why we have laws that are based on morality. Of course, you shouldn't steal, you shouldn't murder, basic things like that. Here's the problem. Many people in the upcoming generation see the government not just for protection, not just for being a terror to the evil. They see the government's primary responsibility is to give them stuff, give them things, afford them opportunities, give them things, give them money, jobs, healthcare, all these things. It's the government's responsibility to give to them. What's the problem? Problem is that with my generation, the millennials and even younger, uh, the idea that it's not our responsibility to take care of ourselves, it's the government's responsibility to take care of ourselves is just not a good idea. Giving all our responsibilities to the government, you take care of our children, you take care of our income, you take care of all our protections, you take care of every single thing in our lives. We give them all the power in the world to become what? A dictatorship, a tyrannical government. We don't want that. We want the government to understand its limited responsibility to be a terror to the evil. And of course, we know that they don't get to take our responsibilities, our responsibilities for our families, our responsibilities for our own actions, for what we say, those things. Society is not just built on what the government does. So not every single little thing gets to be blamed on the government. We have responsibility in our own lives as well. And so that's something I think our upcoming generation really, really needs to understand. We give all these powers to the government, we will regret it. Now, let's go on to our final interview. This man just had a very, very nice beard, nice blonde beard. If someone has a nice blonde beard, I envy them, okay? I have a beard too, but it's dark, okay? Dark beards aren't cool. That's kind of an oldies thing. The new nice blonde beards, this, that's what this guy had. He is, of course, going to be called Blonde Beard, because why not? I know that sounds like a pirate, but we're going to hear what Blonde Beard had to say about these topics. What's your favorite color? See, I told you it was easy. Any shade of yellow. Shade of yellow, okay. And then, uh, where's the where's the best place to eat in Chicago? Where do we like to eat? We just go to Elephant and Castle because it's close to the train station. That's true. We do go to Elephant and Castle a lot because it's close to the train station. Okay. Elephant Castle, okay, that's cool. And then the next few are a little more thought provoking. I won't take your name again, and I won't be offended by what you say. You just tell me what you think. Uh, do you think that most people in this country are satisfied with their life or unsatisfied? Hmm. I think it depends on who you ask, but I, I'm probably unsatisfied. Okay, why is that? I feel like there's always a lot of searching for something, um, and people use different outlets to do that, whether it be technology or shopping or um, where, whatever. But um, yeah, sure. awesome. And I think everyone I interviewed kind of got this one right on the head. 
we're all kind of searching for something. That's part of our nature. We Our sin nature keeps us discontent, that we always want something. We're always chasing after something. And then it just so happens that once we get that thing, we move right on to the next thing and we chase after that thing. That's sort of human nature. I think these people understood that, every single person that I asked. Now, what, what do you think most of the people who are unsatisfied, what do you think most commonly are they looking for? Hmm. I don't know if they know. Um, it's deep. <laughs> I, I suppose so. Um, but I think it's just like this resonant anxiety that, or, or our society is all made up. Uh, it's designed perhaps to um, encourage that sort of. Um, so our culture kind of promotes not being satisfied? Yes, so that capitalism can provide sure. uh, an answer. Um, do, you think do you think most people get what they deserve from society? I don't know what we deserve, so I suppose it just depends on your perspective. Sure, do you think we might deserve anything from society? I personally don't think we necessarily deserve anything from society, no. That's good. Uh, what, do you, what do you think, I'm almost done, what do you think most people need the most? People need love. Okay. To be loved and to um, feel like they um, have someone that they, or some, something that they can also care about. Okay, so like relationships? Yeah. It doesn't need to be people, but, or it could be a, something you enjoy doing. Um, like a job or a, or a hobby. That's awesome. And then uh, lastly, what, what does the government owe us, do you think? We are the government, so we owe ourselves whatever we want to, to get out of it. Okay. Um, sure, but more specifically, like, you know, people in leadership, do they owe us as the citizens anything? Uh, respect. respect. Love. Okay. Sure. Anything else? No, that's all. What do we owe the government? Mm, we owe them uh, perhaps our participation. Okay. Sure, like voting? Like voting. Taxes? <laughs> yes. Okay, cool. Hey, awesome. Uh, what do you think the government's first responsibility is? What are they supposed to do? Oh, um... I suppose provide those um, services that are outlined in, um, well, in the United States, the Constitution. So protections. Um, That's good. Yeah, I've heard protection. That's good. Yeah. Um, and like I said, it, I guess it depends on the electorate. So if, if people want one thing or another um, for everyone, then... Um, last, last question. What do you think our first responsibility as citizens is? Um, like I said, to be active in our society um, and to find something... Uh, that we can be compassionate about or impassioned by um, and then act on it instead of um, be passive. Sure, yeah. Viewers of everything, I guess. Okay, sure. 
I'm guilty myself. <laughs> Me too. Hey, that's it. That's all it is right there. Okay, I stopped the recorder right there, but I did ask if they wanted to hear about the free gift that is offered to everyone, including them, the gift of salvation. And they gave me a different response than the first two. Uh, there was a lady sitting next to him, might have been his wife, his girlfriend, I don't know, maybe even his sister, not totally sure. But she said, after I had given the gospel, talking about the way to know for sure that you're going to heaven, trusting in Christ, she said that she believes, and I think he agreed as well, that everyone has their own path. And of course, we've talked about that before. We've talked to many people who thought that, yes, your way of going to heaven is great. You know, you, you want to trust in Jesus, what he did for you, but other people want to trust in other things, and everyone just kind of has their own path, and that makes everyone equal. What's the problem with that? The problem with, with that is not that I, I dislike them, and I was like, no, no, you have to believe me because I'm right and you're wrong. That's not the point. The point is that with the truth, that means that some things can be right and some things can be wrong. And when it comes to your eternal destiny, it's not something that we can just chalk up to, oh, anybody can be right, because not everyone can be right, especially on a subject that is so real and so true. The Bible says that Jesus is the only way. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. That is what Jesus said. And so it's not with a prideful attitude that I say, no, Someone else believing in something else to go to heaven is wrong. It's with an attitude of the truth is the truth. And I'm sharing this with you, not because I'm trying to solicit something, not because I'm trying to gain something, but because I want to share that truth with you. Now, we've talked about sin. We've talked about faith. We've talked about trusting Jesus Christ dying on the cross. What does that all mean? Let's piece it all together right now. And it's simple as this. You are a sinner. I'm a sinner. We've all sinned. But with our sin, we cannot go to heaven. No one can deny that no one's perfect. No one's gone through life, and they were absolutely perfect. They did every single thing right. No one can say that. The problem is that with our sin, we can't enter the kingdom of heaven, and there's nothing that we can do to get rid of our sin. We can try to live the best life that we can. We will always have a sinful nature because we're human, and that's how it is. Now, it seems like we're doomed because we can't go to heaven with our sin, and there's nothing we can do to get rid of our sin. This is what God says. God says, I have sent my son, Jesus, to die on the cross 2,000 years ago, and he died on the cross to pay the penalty for your sin so that you don't have to go to hell. You can go to heaven. He offers that free gift of grace to you. Now, what do you do being offered this gift? Well, you simply accept it. And the way you accept it is by faith. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. We're talking about what we deserve. What do we deserve from society? What do we deserve from everyone? What do we deserve from God? In reality, we deserve nothing. With our sin, we actually deserve hell. And so how grateful should we be? that Jesus Christ has offered us a gift that we absolutely do not deserve. And yet with that gift, we can be with him in heaven one day. That's an amazing, amazing truth. And for you, you can accept this gift today by simply believing, trust that Jesus Christ paid for your sins on the cross. Is anything else required? No. Why? Because 1 John 5.13 says this, These things have I written unto you, 
that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. It's very simple. Believe in what Jesus did for you. You have eternal life. Sounds too easy. That is the beauty of a free gift. Isn't it wonderful? This free gift that we have all been offered. We're undeserving of it. And it offers a satisfaction for us, not just for on this life, the relationship we have with God through Christ, but the satisfaction of knowing that when we die, we don't have to worry about going to hell. We can know for sure that we're going to heaven. What better note to end on than that? Just an absolutely amazing truth. And hey, after that, not much left for me to say except that I'm Sean Duncan coming at you from the studio. Stay classy, Chicago. And as always, thanks for listening.